so welcome. As you, as you were not all here last night, we'll do a little bit of a, a, a recap. And I'd like to begin by placing inside dialogue in the context of, of, of the teachings. Inside dialogue um, in its present form was, I don't know, discovered, uh, invented, created, emerged, uh, emerged. <laughs> uh, in the 1990s uh, by Gregory Kramer. Um, and uh, he was interested in, in, in finding ways to contemplate the suttas to really get into the teachings and um, discovered this Christian practice called Lex Divina where the priests and monks would study the, the, the Bible and then would, would talk about it. So that's very roughly where it, where, where it came from. A lot of other things happened. But if we go back into the suttas, um, the sutta reference that we used for this retreat, uh, Anguttara Nikaya 9.1, talks about the vital conditions for awakening. I'm not going to, we're not going to sort of study this sutta, but I will refer to it. And the very first condition for awakening is find a friend a Kalyanameter, and this occurs over and over and over and over again, I, somewhere between 70 and 100 times it's quoted through the Pali Canon. And a Kalyanameter, uh, usually translated as a spiritual friend, um, Kalyana actually means beautiful friend, you know, the Kalyanameter, beautiful friend, in the sense of, you know, like this morning, it's a beautiful morning, Know, that freshness, that closeness that we feel when we're with someone. So the very first condition is to find a Kalyanamita. The second condition is virtue. Um, virtue always occurs at the top, or in this case, the second on the list. It's always way up there. So that quality of, of, of being virtuous, of being ethical, um, really necessary to allow that closeness of a friendship. And the third condition is to have conversations, to talk about it. And this has kind of been lost over the last, you know, 2,600 years where the focus has been on this, you know, uh, sitting on a cushion, closing their eyes and really coming, developing mindfulness and, and, you know, deepening the practice that way. So we're coming back into this original form of the teaching where we actually have conversation 
with each other, with a peer. Kalyanamita is a peer friendship. The friendships that we develop in the in inside dialogue when we've been practicing for a while, from my own personal experience, are the most intimate of connections, the most intimate friendships, because there is no attachment involved. You know, we we have our romantic partners, our life partners. Um, there's always an edge in there. Uh, we can be really, you know, really loving couple. They can be really intimate relationships. But there is always a little bit of attachment, I find. It's very, would be unusual to find a, a, a relationship like that without attachment. But that non-attachment that we can find in these friendships is, is just so powerful. It allows the closeness. It allows that intimacy to happen. The qualities of Kalyanamita are the trust, confidence, that faith. Virtue, we've already mentioned. Generosity, that quality of generosity, even if we do make a mistake, we say something we shouldn't. That generosity of the partner, the generosity of the friend in accepting that and moving through it is just so supportive. And the wisdom that comes from this practice and from the teachings, this understanding, the wisdom that it can bring into, into daily, daily life. Having a friend that we can turn to you know, and talk about those really difficult things, uh, just so supportive. You know, looking at a lot of the medical stuff that's happening these days and health-related stuff, and they're finding that people with long-term deep friendships are the ones that are really supported. So this is not some sort of spiritual, you know, um, wish or this is how it should be, it actually has an effect on our lives in the moment. So it's a really important um, aspect of, the, of this practice of being able to come together and develop these relationships. Would you like to add anything there? There's so much already. So I don't want to flood people. Um, <laughs> Dave and I were talking this morning about how um, with Insight Dialogue, there's the actually a deep tradition, and, and Dave comes from Vipassana tradition, but I come from the Tibetan Buddhist and Zen traditions long term. And in those traditions, there are absolutely speaking and listening practices and contemplating the Dharma together as a key element of awakening. Um, so it's kind of beautiful to see how the different traditions of the Dharma, um, there's a saying, all Dharmas agree at one point, which means like ultimately, whatever the tradition is, all are pointing at a certain um, wakefulness. 
and that actually deeply contemplating the Dharma together is one essential practice. And this friendship aspect, which is like, what is it to have a friendship that instead of it being based on like just getting comfortable, it's a friendship that's aimed at looking deeply into the nature of experience and reality with compassion, with curiosity, with generosity. That's a pretty um, potent, uh, potent mix. So in a way, that's what we're doing here this weekend. And I guess I would say ultimately, you know, looking into the nature of experience and reality for the sake of release of suffering, like why it matters, right, is because in some way, subtle or not so subtle, all beings suffer. Everything from mild discomfort to what we see uh, just heartbreakingly in our world in Israel and Palestine right now, right? All of these levels and like, it's relevant. We all suffer. There's a, a short prayer that says, like me, all beings suffer, some far worse than I. And like me also, their only wish is for their suffering to cease. This is why we practice. All right, you want to say something about pause? Uh, perhaps, would you like taking through all the guidelines? Just a quick refresh. Yeah. 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 Just knowing some people were here last night and others were not, and everyone is welcome and everyone belongs. Um, we're still, we, we want to just do a refresh on like this arc of the six guidelines. And these six guidelines in Insight Dialogue are meditation instruction, both individual and relational. And so as we we're beginning this morning, that first one is pause. Like, <laughs> I sometimes feel like habitual creatures are us. We just like have our thing and our minds do our thing and our bodies do our thing. And the pause is really this invitation to pause from the habit into present moment experience. Kind of no matter what, right? Comfortable, uncomfortable, whatever it is, right? It's mindfulness. It's coming into knowing experience. And then the next guideline is relax. And sometimes it's relax, receive, allow, accept. That first layer is wherever there can be some release, we invite release, right? We can incline towards ease. That's actually possible. And then whatever is not possible to release, and often that is ample, we meet with this kindness and warmth of of receiving, allowing, accompaniment. 
the third insight dialogue guideline is open. And here it doesn't, it's not a psychological instruction, although that can be included. It's quite literally like opening and allowing mindfulness to expand. So there's already some steadying of awareness seemingly internally. And open is that invitation that awareness can be quite vast, right? We can extend and uh, open our mindfulness to include everything around us perceptually. And there's more we'll get to with that. And then attuned to emergence is that next fourth guideline. And in a way, it's pointing at the essence of impermanence. Like instead of the mind like freeze framing things, making them solid, it's actually attuning awareness to emergence and vanishing in every moment. And also to the quality of not knowing. Like we actually never know what's going to happen in the next moment. Like you have no idea the next words that are going to come out of my mouth. So attuned to emergence actually like resensitizes our minds like, oh, that, you know, Suzuki Roshi calls it beginner's mind. Like, what's happening next? (laughs) And then the final two guidelines are listen deeply. And this is both internally and externally, like actually listening in for what is the truth of experience in any moment. And if we're in a speaking and listening practice, actually listening deeply to our partner, not just the words or concepts, but the whole body. You know, we are these exquisitely sensitive organisms, right? We just are, we're like always through our senses, picking up on things we don't even know we're picking up on, you know? And bringing mindfulness to listening with that whole body, to the music of the voice, to the way the body shifts, to the slight expression on the face, right? And then finally, speaking the truth, sometimes called speaking deeply, right? So quite directly, if you are in a dialogue, You tune in, what's actually true in this moment? And just speaking that from the the unfolding flow of experience, plucking just what is subjectively true on one aspect to speak. And that we're speaking deeply. It's not like chit-chat, right? There's actually that mindfulness to like, find in any moment, always changing, oh, this to name, and speaking the depth of that. It's speaking from experience rather than from just mental concept. That's our quick tour through the guidelines. (laughs) But it's a practice, so we can name all this, and then it's a whole different thing to actually practice with this in front of another human being. Mm 